And I want to talk to you today about what it is to break free from being distracted, sons and daughters. Uh, And it's so easy to be distracted. So, Lord, we just invite you that we would not just gather and sing a few songs and have a motivational chat. But we really have to have impartation from heaven in our hearts to be the men and women that you've called us to be. None of us have this all together. We're all on a journey just trying to find our way. Forgive us for our arrogance and our pride where we've tried to present things in a way that make it sound uh, more than it really is. We don't have to try and oversell anything. You're Jesus. And I pray, Lord, we would simply be awakened to the loving revelation of Christ today making us more who you have called us to be. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So we have these incredible abilities to hone uh, our human skills, faculties, our senses. We have these incredible... Have you ever, like, watched the gymnastics, you know, or the Olympics, or the X Games, or some musician, or... And you, you just have seen them do something, and it's unimaginable what they're able to do. I don't know. Like, this, this is about the size of a beam that they do round off back handsprings back. Maybe I should do one today just to demonstrate. <laughs> you are a bunch of sinners who want me to get hurt. Like, the first time anybody gets up on a beam like that, this is what they look like, Right? How many of you, that's what you would look like? I would just lay on it and hug it, you know, so I wouldn't fall off. But, you know, you stand, I don't, I mean, you can actually get on that beam and practice until you have this incredible ability with precision balance to do unimaginable things. Physically, intellectually, athletically, musically. And I'm going to, I'm going to show you a video of some absolutely astonishing things that humans are capable of doing athletically. Uh, And even like some dance moves at the end of this or two dancers, they are crazy amazing. The first one is pretty good, but the last dancer is, I mean, it'll be mind-boggling. Tracy's face is classic. So that was like the youth conference we hosted last year, and I don't know, I get around the youth and I just feel young again, you know? So I want you to try and unsee all that. 
just do your best. Unsee all of that. And let's go back to the things that were really astonishing to you. This is the point I want to try and make with this. Physically, physiologically, intellectually, athletically, academically, we have these phenomenal capabilities in the natural uh, sense of who we are, physically speaking. I mean, that's astonishing. How much more eternally, spiritually, supernaturally, with the deposits from God that are actually within us. How much more? I want you to think about this. Physically, there are things you can do if you really devote your energy, focus, and attention in a certain direction. How much more supernaturally, spiritually speaking, can you do if you really devoted your attention? Um, When I was in elementary school, our house burned down. Just like a week after Christmas, you talk about devastating. All of our new, you know, all my toys and stuff, and it all burned up. And I'll never forget standing there in the backyard as the firemen were there. The fire started in my room. Not my fault, by the way, but it started in my room. And I'm standing in the backyard. For the most part, it wasn't my fault. I'm standing in the backyard, and I'll never forget, I had gotten a new guitar for Christmas, and they kicked out the window and started throwing charred remains of all my toys. And I was good. My mom said, you were good until that new guitar that was charred came you know, sailing out of the window and just crashed in the ground. And she said, then I just totally lost it. And so we moved into a trailer in a trailer park and just doing the best we could in that difficult time that was going on. I had no toys. A few friends came over. One of my friends gave me um, like a thing of tennis balls, like I was going to go, you know, play tennis. Uh, but, But a thing of tennis balls is three balls. And guess what? I learned how to juggle. This is what's kind of crazy. Most of you in this room could probably learn how to juggle. If you focused enough interest and attention in that direction, you could learn to keep three balls in the air. And so I did that a lot because I didn't have any toys to play with. I had a basketball. I learned how to spin it on my finger. I learned how to pop it off my arm. I learned how to do it. I mean, I had these incredible honed in abilities because I was not distracted with an abundance of toys. You know where I'm going with this. What kind of spiritual capabilities exist within every single one of us? And this is hugely important. And what I'm going to share with you from a standpoint of Scripture is, is deeply, deeply challenging. But we have these abilities that are so distracted because we're focused on toys in every direction. And God's abilities within us are squandered when we are distracted from the eternal priorities of God. I want to say this so loud and clear that it resounds deep within every one of our hearts, myself included. God, help us. God's abilities within us are squandered when we're distracted from the eternal priorities of God. John Piper said, sin is what we do in our heart when we are not satisfied with God. And here's the thing, first blank, write it in, just such a revelation, such a reality, not enough conversation going on about this in the church. Sin diminishes our lives. Sin diminishes our lives. The wages of sin is what? So you can get away with stuff that you can get away with, but the problem is you're not actually getting away with it. You might escape the, the immediate transaction scenario, but you cannot escape 
the long-term diminished perspective that's going on within you. You're not created to walk in that. Did you hear about the girl that had a bunch of candy and the boy that had a bunch of marbles? And the girl with a bunch of candy said to the boy who had all the marbles, hey, if you'll give me all your marbles, I'll give you all my candy. And the boy thought about it, and he scooped up all of his marbles and said, let me go to my room and count my marbles and think about this. And he goes to the room, and he counts his marbles, and he pulls out his best marbles and hides them. And then he comes back, and he says, okay, I agree. I'll give you all my marbles if you'll give me all your candy. Will you give me all your candy? She said, sure, that's the deal. Here it is. So she then, you know, they go through the course of the day. They go to bed that night. She's laying in her bedroom fast asleep. While the boy lays lays awake in his bed into the night, staring at the ceiling, thinking, I wonder if she really gave me all of her candy. Sin diminishes our lives. It affects our perspective. It does things within us that we were never designed to, to have to process or translate within our lives. Here's the thing, if you'll write it in the next point, sin weakens our perspective and it lessens our capacity. And then next week we're going to talk about this as an interesting phrase and statement, but it diminishes our dominion. It's a really important thing for us to understand. So, you know, here's the thing, and, and start talking about this issue. You start, you start mentioning the word sin, People really start getting nervous, you know, like this is not an age that we live in where a lot of people talk about such things anymore, and I want to I bring some clarity in all of that, and I want to do it from this standpoint. This is hugely sobering. This is the thing that got me the, the most as I, as I felt like the Lord was saying, bring this to the church and bring it to our congregation and, and just believe in God that we'll, we'll allow Him to speak into us what we what he wants to speak into us. There is a day coming that you and I will step into eternity. Do you agree? Okay, everybody lives forever. We all need to understand that. We're created as eternal beings. We are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience, and everybody lives forever. Where you live, you're forever is determined by the decisions that you make now. Have you, I mean, it's not a fable, wives' tale, you know, it's the reality. Have you purposed, I am going to surrender my life to Jesus Christ? That's the pivotal decision that you have to make that determines your eternal destination. So once you step, as a Christian, how many of you have given your life to Christ? Can I just see? He's the Messiah, we believe, we, we've proclaimed, we, you know, we want to serve Him. This is what's so bizarre. When you and I step into that place of eternity, please hear what God wants to say in, the, in what I'm communicating to you. However, however God can use words I say, but listen to the conversation He's wanting to have with us in this. When you and I step into eternity... We will there be introduced to who we could have been, what we could have done, those we could have helped, and the difference we could have made in helping people come to a greater understanding of who Jesus really is. The reason that's so important, 
Have you, you think about something you ever regretted? How many of you have lived with regret? You know, like you, you know you did, if you could go back and only do that over, like it, you just live in regret in, in those situations. I, I just want to tell you, there can be no regret that compares to eternal regret. No, no regret. And, and this is what's really bizarre. And I just take you, if you want to just jot it down, you'll, you'll, you can go back and read all this later. But in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, it talks about the eternal judgment of God. It's not something that's pleasant. I, I take exception with religious figures that just get up and start talking about this as if hellfire brimstone, you know, is like this disconnected idea. I mean, we're talking about human beings. We're talking about people's lives. We're talking about people's eternity. Let's not just disconnect and, and have no compassion when we start talking about this. I mean, this is, this is serious. Do you agree? Like, we get numb to this. We start hearing these lofty, vast concepts, and it's like, it's just too much to handle, too much to process. So, you know, I just disconnect emotionally from it. Don't do that. I want you to be touched by this. Because Revelation 20 talks about this judgment that's going to happen. You can believe what you want to believe, but but it doesn't matter what you believe when you stand before God. What's right is right, what's wrong is wrong, and you better be under the blood of Jesus Christ in that moment that we read about in Revelation chapter 20. But, But hear me. Because it's right after that, after, after everybody faces this judgment. There are two judgments we'll face. There's a judgment of works and there's a judgment of salvation. And the Bible talks about these two works. And when you stand, these two judgments, when you stand before God for the judgment of works, you're not going to be able to say, I prayed to receive Christ. Your works will be burned up. Like that's where God's going to know, did you make a difference in the world in which you lived, in the generation that I called you to serve? And then the other judgment is the salvation judgment, and that's where it works no matter what you did. It won't matter. That's not the point. And that, ju- that judgment is, did you receive Jesus Christ? He died to rescue humanity. All humanity fell in the original sin of Adam and Eve. This is not a joke. This is serious business. The church can't treat this like it's some off, disconnected. Pr- this is core theology. And that judgment is going to take place in Revelation chapter 20. But here's the kicker. This is what's so sobering. I'm, I've been living with this for two weeks now. I'm going to bed with it at night. I'm waking up with it in the morning. Revelation chapter 21. After we've seen all this judgment take place. After Revelation 21 verse 4. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, there will be no more death, there will be no more mourning, there will be no more crying, and there will be no more pain. The amazing thing is, so many times I've heard people reference that verse as this great encouragement into eternity. But I suddenly put it together in my brain to realize, do you know what kind of death, mourning, crying, and pain we're going to be experiencing as we're standing in the edge of eternity realizing who we could have been? 
but we live distracted lives, so we're now watching the people that we loved and cared about but didn't have enough strength or courage or whatever you want to call it to step in and tell them about the eternal priorities of God. Regret. I felt the Holy Spirit was just challenging me. Deeply challenging me personally as a Christian to stand up as a pastor and say, may we all be challenged to understand we're way too distracted with the temporal toys and pleasures and pleasantries this world has to offer. 5.22 in the morning. Are you crazy? All of a sudden, it just doesn't seem so crazy when put in the context of eternity, does it? I'm hungry for more. See, this is what I know. Saul was afraid of giants. And because Saul was afraid of giants, Saul's men were afraid of giants. What exists in your heart will perpetuate in your legacy. David killed giants. And because David killed giants, David's men killed giants. I'm calling all the giant killers to rise up and take their place. We kill giants. We move mountains. That's who we are. But we don't do that because we want to do that. We do that because it exists within us and we awaken it through the eternal pursuit of the things of God. Where are you in your relationship with God? I go to church whenever I can. No, no, no. We don't want to make you more church-like. We want to make you more Christ-like. And Jesus got up early and prayed. Jesus walked around with compassion and love and care and concern for everybody everywhere he went. Like, that's the movement we're talking about. We're not talking about the religious movement in our day, because I don't want anything to do with that. I don't know about you, but I don't want anything to do with that movement. I want to have, have everything to do with the movement of love and compassion and life and power and anointing that destroys every yoke of bondage. That's the movement I'm a part of. This is the thing that we have to understand because I think we get so much of this wrong. Theologically, doctrinally, we justify so much of the stuff that we hear and talk about, but this is where I think we get so much of it wrong. It's your next blank. The issue of sin is not, a much, it's not as much an issue of sins as it is an issue of sons. We start making the issue of sins an issue of sins and what I mean by that is like we then start defining, now this is what you don't do. You become a Christian, you don't do this. You know what? I've had people ask me, do I have to stop taking drugs to be a Christian? Answer, no. I had people ask me, it's the only way I know to provide for my, my baby. Do I have to stop being a prostitute to become a Christian? Answer, no. Has nothing to do with what you do or don't do. It has everything to do with who Jesus is in your life. He's the one who transforms you. He's the one who gets in your heart and you start to see your world from a different perspective. He's the one that starts to awaken something beyond actions and behaviors. This is what I figured out. Because like I was into drugs and all that nonsense when I came to know Jesus and I was like, freedom! And then I met the church. Right? 
And like, I'm part of the church. I'm, I help lead the church. I work with other church. I love the church. But the church is so messed up. And, and like, I, I, I got in and I started realizing the church doesn't even agree on what sin is. Depending on what part of the nation you're in, depending on which nation of the world you're in, we've got different ideas of what sin really is. And I started figuring out, you know what? We define sin culturally a lot. We need to step back and begin to define all this biblically rather than embracing culturally the nonsense ideas. Here, here's a great way to say it. We Christians sure get mad when people sin in ways other than we do. It's not an issue of sins. It's an issue of sons. Sons as in mankind, humanity, sons and daughters of God. When we are awakened to the eternal purposes of God, temporal temptations begin to lose their grip. When we are awakened to the eternal purposes of God, the temporal temptations that this world has to offer just begins to lose its grip. The problem is we've tried to get people awakened to the religious rules and guidelines, and we've not awakened them to the love and the life of Jesus Christ is what will truly transform their life. We, uh, let's be clear, while we were sinners, Christ died for us, okay? We understand we were sinners needing a Savior. But I'm going to just challenge the paradigm here. I've had people not like it when I've said this. I've received hate mail online for this statement. It's just a true statement. It'll, It'll rub the religious bone in your body wrong, I promise you. We were sinners needing a Savior. No question about that. But Jesus did not die for us because we were sinners. Jesus died for us because we are sons. Come on. Help me. Help me. We just call this in. Like, I really ask you to help me. It's something we're doing in our worship. Something we're doing in our applause. Something we're doing in our embrace. Something we're doing. We hear the sound of heaven. We learn the sound of heaven. We make the sound of heaven. We are the sound of heaven. We are the sound of heaven in the earth. Hey! God wants to awaken something within you today. God wants to strengthen something within you today. God wants to empower something within you today. God wants to bring something alive within you today. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be awakened to the mercies of the Lord that are new every morning. This is the day. This is the day that we shout. This is the day that we praise. This is the day that we celebrate. This is the day that we love. This is the day that we serve. This is the day that we give. This is the day that the work of God expands in the earth. What is going on? Why are you clapping and shouting and standing? Because you're being awakened to something within you that comes from heaven, not earth. That will change your life.
That's why the Bible says in Romans 8, 19, for all creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed, for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. All creation waits. Here's the thing. We are all in the process of becoming the more exaggerated version of who we are today. Do you want that? I want you to stand with me, everybody. We just join together. It's not an issue of sins. I don't have to talk to you about the evils of going to the movie house. used to be conversation in the church. Why? Because the church made it an issue of sins instead of an issue of sons. We lost our way, got all focused on all the things that we hate. You know you've successfully created God in your own image when it turns out He hates everybody you do. It's not an issue of sins. It's an issue of sons. I feel so empowered right now. Stand in the face of religion and declare it'll be broken off of our lives. There is a new brand of the body of Christ emerging in this next hour of the church, and it's all about love, service, compassion, and it is all about truth being established at the core and the center of all of that. But let's not forget Jesus, the, the Word of God clearly is God is love. He is Love. He tells the truth. He is love. So let me say it again. We're all in the process of becoming the more exaggerated version of ourselves. Do you want that? How many of you in this room you know right now God's dealing with you about an issue of sin in your life? And I don't want you to raise your hand yet, but I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Because the Bible actually says if we confess our faults one to another and pray for each other, we'll be healed. Now, I know it might be embarrassing to raise my hand. And who knows what, like for for me, maybe it's something really big. But for you, it's something really small. And then like we raise our hand, it's like, who's going to think, why don't you just stop worrying about what man thinks and let's really devote ourselves to the audience of one. So I'm just going to ask you, if you know that God's dealing with you in today, you know, this moment of an issue of sin in your life, and you need to address it and deal with it, and I'm not going to ask you to come up and tell us about it. I just want to ask you to respond, and I want you to like do it this way. By If that's you, then, then everyone in the room that says, yep, that's me, I want you to just lift both your hands right now in a posture of surrender. We just hold them right there. And I just want to say how liberating and freeing it is to be in a room where people so freely say, I don't have it all together. I do have struggles. Lord, I just pray for everybody in this room, every hand that's lifted. I believe, Father, there's something of our transparency, our honesty, that actually starts to shake us free. Shake us free from some of the hold the enemy has had in our lives. Help us to break free, Lord, from strongholds. God, 
Help us to walk in a posture, in a place of greater strength, in a place of greater life, in a place of greater humility, in a place of greater availability to everything that you have in store for our lives. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As we're willing to say, God, whatever you want from us, take us deeper, Lord. Fill us full, God, that we might be overflowing. The purposes of God would be awakened today in power and anointing in Jesus' mighty name. And I say today, Jesus is Lord. He's the Messiah who's come. He's alive. He died, but he's alive. Why don't you celebrate? If you believe that, use your voice and declare it today and shout amen. Tell Jesus how much you love him today. We honor you today, Lord. Lord Jesus.